great future. We're talking real money. It, it feels like we're beating a dead horse. Well, not a literal dead horse, a figurative dead horse. And the, uh, the dead horse we're talking about is the dead horse known as cryptocurrency. The horse known as cryptocurrency. <laughs> Going to be in the uh, Kentucky Derby next year. Uh, <laughs> hi, everybody. It's crypto to the front. It's crypto. Okay. I'm Don. That's Tom. We're talking real money. We're not going to have a video today because we had technical difficulties. So we're just going to have an audio for you. You're going to. I would applaud, gonna, but uh, then I get. You're going to have to settle. That, so. You're going to have to settle for the audio, but we need to talk. We, you, me, all of us, Tom, all of us get together. We need to, we got to talk about this, this, this Bitcoin, Ethereum, or as Tom calls it, Ethereum. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a mining thing no, or something, right? No, it sounds right? like was... some sort of a uh, a, um, <laughs> a urologist thing, know? actually. Yeah. Uh, doctor, doctor, I'm having a little problem with my urethium. It keeps going down in value. <laughs> oh, and so, uh, as long as you don't, don't say it's shrinking in value, I guess you're okay, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about a lot of the problems with urethium and all of the other <laughs> God, God, uh, sorry. How about I could say Dogecoin? That's yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, I got that one right. Bitcoin. Okay, I got Dogecoin, that one right. And Coinbase. Dogecoin is like the ultimate in making something up. You just I know. Well, but aren't they all kind of making something yeah, up? They're all making something up. All right. And it, and that's mm-hmm. there. You go. This is the problem. But we're not going to talk about all the problems because we've done that. The problem. We'll 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 kind of just sort of touch on them like like the problem what's the biggest problem with uh cryptocurrencies well I, for me i mean if you're going to invest in it it's just a purely 100 percent speculation it's only worth what the next person says it's worth period that's yeah, my, it there's no my other biggest beef it. is Absolutely they keep calling not. it a currency but what can you buy with it i'm sorry but i don't want drugs I don't want slaves, and I don't want uh, guns. I, ju- I just don't need any of those things. Well, it does come invaluable on the show Billions, but other than that, see, I, I haven't see watched Billions yet lot, this year. Personally, Do, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. um, are they doing crypto this year? Well, remember he gave someone oh, crypto that's to pay right. for there some, was one of his to- little yeah, backroom. Yeah, yeah. That's a criminal enterprise, right? There's level, the other thing about it, about Bitcoin mm-hmm. is that's what it's good for. It, that's about all. But here's the thing. Trillions of dollars now are, what's a word, instead of invested, are gambled in Bitcoin right now, currently. Trillions of of your dollars, some of the, it's your dollars, some of you. We know who you are. We've talked to you. You've got money in these things and you're going, I'm going to make a prediction and I don't often make predictions about the future. You're everybody has you're an opinion. Everybody loves a prediction. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. I think you're gonna lose everything. I do. I think if you wait long enough, you're just gonna lose it all. It's gonna be one of those things that uh, 30 years from now, people, your 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 grandkids are gonna be going, Grandpa, what was a cryptocurrency? Not what did you do in the no. big war, but what, what happened to cryptocurrency? What, what was that stu- stupid thing? But this week we got some news, right, from the Securities and Exchange Commission. Yeah, yeah lots of news. Cryptocurrency. Yeah. They say. Which was. Well, they, yeah. they say basically. In fact, the head of the SEC compared cryptocurrency to poker chips. 
It's about the same thing. Except you can turn in poker chips and actually get cash. So poker chips are better than cryptocurrency. <laughs> That's good uh, and he also compared them to the currencies. And, and this Tom and I know a little bit about because we're like history geeks. In the early to mid-19th century, there was, uh, as, as the country grew, banks started creating their own currencies locally, you know, like maybe the Dodge City Third National Bank uh, fake dollar currency, you know, and you, and you could use that at stores with whom this bank worked and you could bring it to the bank and exchange it for gold right up until you couldn't anymore. And a lot of these currencies collapsed. A lot of people lost everything in these currencies. And by the 1860s, the government said, no, 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 there's going to be one currency. That's this one called the dollar. That's your currency. Gold, silver, dollars. Those are That's all you can use. You can't make up fake script and play games with that. But that's what cryptocurrency is. You need to understand. The SEC is saying that's what it is. The, the, the Federal Reserve is saying that's what it is. The Secretary of the Treasury are all saying that's what it is. The only people who are saying it's something better than that. Something with potential are people who personally stand to gain from it. Like? And on the other yeah. hand, <laughs> as one of Harry Truman's famous economists used to say, uh, the guy who built the largest independent advisory firm in the nation, uh, you know, the most fiduciary planners, calls himself now the most highly acclaimed financial advisor in America. I, I think, so Ken, apparently Susie I think Orman, Ken Fisher might take umbrage too. Yeah, Susie Orman has to take a back seat. We're talking about Rick Edelman. Mm -hmm. And Rick says he's now positioning himself as the link between the wild west of crypto and the more staid world of fiduciary advisors who act in their clients' best interest. And by the way, those advisors have been slow to adopt. 2019, only 1% of advisors said that they might use cryptocurrency. 2020, 1%. That has gone up, like the price of Bitcoin, uh, to 14%. But they point out in the article that still six of seven advisors say they would not use cryptocurrency. Now, here's the part that's going to make Don upset, I can guarantee you. Here's why they're saying you have not adopted cryptocurrency yeah, don't know why rick edelman what? says most advisors have been reluctant to embrace bitcoin because they're older and they're resistant to change rick rick rice delman sir how old are you oh wait you're 63 you're, You're ancient, an old guy, dude. too. You are an old guy. Yeah. You are an old guy, and I am going to call you on this, Rice Delman. You've made enough money, but how much more do you need? I mean, seriously, you're doing this. You are getting involved in this for one reason and one reason only, to make yourself wealthy, because you know you're not a dumb person. You know that cryptocurrency has no future whatsoever. Now, blockchain. Hey, dudes, blockchain may very well have a future as the back, the underpinnings of legitimate currencies, like, oh, let's say the U.S. dollar, something that people actually accept in transactions. And let's just continue with this. One of uh, Edelman's 
associates, shall we call him, says uh, that legacy advisors don't understanding or don't like the product. They say it's too volatile. But the real reason is that they're not educated in how it works. Now, I can take being called old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you are. That kind of hurts. I can also kind of accept that I might resist change because I still <laughs> eat grape nuts that I've liked for like 50 oh, odd years. Oh, I'm okay oh, with those. We, we, the, the ways. <laughs> Don't make the, the continue that list. No, list that you're nah, resistant to nah, change. It, there's a certain amount of digital space available to do this podcast, so we couldn't. Uh, but I am not going to sit yeah. here and allow you to call Don McDonald not educated. I am not going to accept that at any I, level. I Absolutely am, I not. Am, I am so well educated, Mr. Rice Delman. I am educated to the nth degree, sir. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I know what a blockchain is. It's a piece of wood that you screw onto a chain. That's a blockchain. Sometimes we use a sometimes we use a block more chain. inherent value. There's another there. kind we use. We use them to yank them their engines out of them pick 'em up trucks. We use the block on the uh, we use the chain on yeah. the block. That is a block chain. We lift them out of the car. I, there you go. Two pretty good Telling uses you, and probably worth more than the other. Yeah, thing. don't you call me so, uneducated, yeah. Mister Rice Gelman. Exactly old. Old. Yes, yeah, I resistant am. to change. Sure. Yeah, I'm good with that, but uh, not educated. I don't think beware, that's where right. Beware the Bitcoin. It is going to bite some people right in the butt. Ooh, that was a, a that's a lot Ooh, of bees. That's like a lot of bee uh, alliteration. Yeah. Yeah. Be, Bitcoin will bite you in the butt. Just beware, bud. Okay. Uh, got questions for us? We love to hear from you at 855-935-TALK. We also like uh, reading your questions, not as much, but we'll do it. And also your comments. Here's a quick comment for, uh, for, mm. oh, wait, maybe it's for me. Oh, oh, oh all right. Not me. I'm going to read the comment. I hope it's negative. It's, uh, you can just sit there and chill. Don, your answer to the question about whether or not life insurance was needed for the gentleman with a lot of assets, that was just a few days ago, and not a lot of need for income replacement was correct. He does not. But your focus that life insurance was for income replacement only is somewhat of an oversimplification. Yes, welcome to the world of podcasting. We oversimplify. It's not simply to replace the income of a spouse. It's Wait what? a minute. I want to make sure I have this straight. You are old. Yep. You're resistant yep. to change. You're uneducated. Yep. And? and I'm an oversimpleton. Yep. Okay. Yep. Just checking. I'm just not good today at all. <laughs> I think it's the haircut, but that yeah, could be it, me. It's uh, it's not simply repl- oh, yeah. it's to replace income and services like childcare, housekeeping, etc. A high income earner with a stay-at-home spouse may think that person isn't earning anything. Oh, don't say that to your spouse. So there's no nope. insurance risk. Having two kids in daycare for the past five years, I can tell you that the cost of daycare can blow a huge hole in someone's budget, not to mention the reduced productivity and potential lowered income earning ability for the person who finds themselves as a single parent. As with anything, the answer, it depends. When it comes to ensuring the income or the value of services a spouse provides, love the show and you guys are great. Carl, you're right. I was not implying that a non-working spouse was less valuable. Absolutely. If you need some money to replace the services provided by a non-working spouse, that spouse should probably have death insurance on them. So I will expand Absolutely, my Absolutely, and stay tuned for more on the insurance industry coming up in the next few podcasts. Something I think you'll find interesting. You think? I think so. Yeah, the insurance industry. Uh, am I going to get in trouble again? 
No, I think you're going to be okay, okay on this one. Last time I talked about insurance, I got in trouble. This one. All right. I've got a question for you if you want. Yeah. Your name's on yeah. this one. Go. Okay. Hi, Tom and Don. I have a 401k split in pre slash Roth 401k at a former employer, which I managed following Paul Merriman's 10 Vanguard Fund Ultimate Buy and Hold strategy. Oh, hard worker. The 401k at current employer has four o. It says Fidelity 401k option for either target date or four passive low fee ETFs, which are U.S. large cap growth, U.S. small mid growth, international large mid cap blend fixed income. When doing a rollover, I have to liquidate the 401k holding. So what should I do? One, roll over to the Vanguard IRA and Roth and reinvest in the same 10 funds, also adding 6000 a year for a backdoor Roth and 36000 for traditional accounts. Or two, roll to the current employer 401k and either choose target date and let them manage it because he wants to eventually get to 36% bonds, 64% stocks. At 67. Now, bear in mind, he's 38. That's 29 years away. Um, Or use the target date and the mid-small. He has a 77 on the risk quiz. Or self-manage 50-50 split between U.S. and international equity ETFs plus 10% in fixed income. I started a bit late at 38, so I'm an aggressive saver to catch up. I maximize 401ks at 529s at 10K a year. Have a backdoor IRA, backdoor Roth IRA. Invest everything into passive ETFs, including a one-year emergency fund in cash. Big fan. Listen to you all at work every day. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Go. Thank you for listening. Uh, so here's a way I, at 38, I think to have so many accounts gets to be confusing. I'd like the idea that you have a backdoor Roth IRA. Terrific. Keep that up. I would take the money from the previous employer and roll that into the new employer and use, because you've already showed a propensity for understanding how these things work since you've used a 10 fund portfolio. I would use the three stock, I think it was three stock, one bond, yeah, three stock, uh, one bond. low cost. Yeah, one at uh, the Fidelity funds, those are going to give you good diversification. You could rebalance every year to get back to that percentage you wanted. That way, moving forward, you only have one pre-tax retirement account and one post-tax yeah, but, retirement account. Much but easier to keep what about the fact that he already has the Merriman portfolio? He's already managing it. Why not? Because that's going to give you some more of the asset classes that we'd like to see you get. Why Why not if he's already comfortable managing that? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm. Here's the thing. At 38, I'm just keeping it simple. And I worry sometimes that people get started, to, and we see it every day. People come in, they have five, six, seven, eight accounts. Hard to keep track of what you're doing, and I got this. Some people, no problem. They got a spreadsheet. It's all in there. And they enjoy doing it. For the most part, I would suggest, as I say, rolling it over, having one regular or pre-tax account, one post-tax account, and then maybe one brokerage account if you're saving outside of that, just simpler to keep track of it all. You and old man Rice Delman, neither of you remember being 38. Come on. Being <laughs> I'm resistant I'm to change. You are definitely you. And by the way, you you still listen to big band music and you weren't even born then. <laughs> That's a good point. You are so old. So you're I, so I old. Do. You're older than you're old. Oh, come on. <laughs> so old that I'm oh, yeah, okay, that's good. I want to give a shout out to a young lady on the Oregon coast who uh, called me today, regular on the podcast Oregon Trail. listener. 
and, and on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> I was I was on the Oregon Trail the other day, Don, and somebody gave me a shout out. Listen to the podcast every week. Uh, and uh, I just want to say hi. Thank you for listening. She mentioned something, though, that I think is important. We have a tendency to talk about people who are kind of getting started mm-hmm. in all this, you know, like when you're 20, whatever, or younger, and then people are getting ready to retire. She was saying, you don't talk about us in the middle because she's 42. Well, we want to do that. We want to help you. And so we make this offer. We've done it before where we will look at your portfolio, give you some advice, get you on your way. And it doesn't matter whether you're 20, 42, or 62. Didn't we just help a 38-year-old on the show, though? That's really close to 42. Oh, good point. Thank you. You're exactly right. Yeah, actually, though, we do. And oh, by the way, so she called and you helped her. I and did. What was the bill? How much did you charge her? Hey, I'm gonna hang on. Let me get the invoice. Oh, it's showing zero. zero. Um, no money. Was there? Yeah. A, was there? A, did you her. like pitch her to become a vestry client? Heavy pressure. Heavy, yeah. heavy, heavy, heavy pressure. Head. Arm broken behind the back. No, no pressure. We just help people get it's on. So their easy. Way. All you do is so, go to vestry.com and set up an appointment, or just call Tom at 800-386-3004. <laughs> That's fair. I like getting calls. I thought you were going to give my cell number out. Uh, Area code. Don't call late. I go to bed early. It's a habit. It's resistant to change. Let's put it that way. So we've done everything we needed to do for today's non-video podcast. Pretty much all the damage, all the damage we can do in one session. Yes. um, I'm going to try and just do one by myself tomorrow. Give Tom a day off. You know, he's been he's been working so hard. Yeah, all those calls from Oregon. Uh, but if you get a chance, please tell folks about the podcast. Share share the good news. Hallelujah. I like yeah. the way you roll your hand, put your hands up in the so air. No video. Oh, darn it. I know. Video's broken. Uh, yeah. So thanks for being Don't there. Take missing. good care of yourselves. We will talk to you really soon. Remember to tune in Saturdays for the show on Como Radio in Seattle. You can listen to it anywhere in the country. It's easy. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com. There's a link. And take care. We'll be back soon. I'm Don. That's Tom. Hanging out. Talking real money. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.